All right. Now I'm going to say the color of a person's skin and you say the first derogatory term that comes to mind. Okay. Black. Fun. (laughs) Oh man, you're no good at this game. Welcome to the Tuesday Night Podcast. This is episode 132 of the podcast. It's all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and even under the gaming table. And with me, I have the nip to my breast, my biz partner, Sean McCoy. <laughs> hey, when I heard that number, I was like, 132 episodes? I've only been on like nine. <laughs> that is not true, <laughs> sir. How have you been? I've been good, man. Life is good. We got the That's Not Lemonade Kickstarter coming up. Let me just shut you up right there. It sounds like you're just going to do announcements. Let's get into some business announcements. Let me shut you up right there because it sounds like you're about to get into some announcements. So I think we should do announcements. What's your announcement? Nothing. That's a terrible bit. It didn't go anywhere. (laughs) That may hit the cutting room floor. (laughs) (laughs) So you were saying we have the That's Not Lemonade Kickstarter coming up. That's right. We're working on the video right now with uh, Board with Life, Donald and Casey. I'm working on Mothership, my sci-fi horror role-playing game, more and more. Welcome to the depths of unknown space. You are a highly specialized member of a deep space exploration team. Will you be a scientist, marine, union teamster, or even an android? Each of you have trained to your highest capability, preparing you for whatever conundrum can be thrown your way when investigating the great vast unknown. But your craft has come upon something for which nothing could ever prepare you. You found... Mothership. Welcome to Sean McCoy's sci-fi horror thriller role-playing game. Death awaits around every corner. You must work together, but in the end, you'll find it impossible for everyone to survive. What will you and your team find in Mothership? We're thinking about releasing what kids call an Ashcan version, which is like a lower quality beta version, either at Origins or at Gen Con, depending on what our timeline's like. Let's make it Origins. You call it the Ashcan version? That's what it's called? Yeah, it's like a, I think it's like an old recording phrase. I forget what it means, but it's a zine version, like an eight and a half by 11 black and white zine with like a hard cover, not hard cover, but what do they call that? Um, Cardstock cover? <laughs> Cardstock cover, yeah. It's got illustrations. It's been play tested. It's had some- Who illustrated it? What? I did the art <laughs> so far. But mostly, like, since this is a new genre for us, I think you and I have talked about... It's a new genre for our company to publish. It's definitely not a new genre. It's the first genre, I think, for us. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. But when people think of Tuesday Night Games, they think of Two Rooms at a Boom, World Championship Rush Roulette Soon, That's Not Lemonade. 
they don't necessarily think role-playing games. And so we'd love people to try out this beta, get some feedback, and start building a player base for the game before we commit a lot of resources to like getting some nice illustrations done, putting together a nice hardcover book. I think that's the strategy we're going with. I think you should do all the illustrations because your illustrations are killer thematic. I don't think we should call it the ash can version. Maybe I'm disregarding the history of it because maybe that is cool. I like the raw version because this is the version that I would want because it's personable. It, it doesn't have all the spit and shine, the whole get in while it's still underground feels where I want to be. And your drawings really add to that. It feels like a chunk of your soul on paper. Mm. It is really personal. I've had a lot of help with the work, but like I wrote everything, I drew everything. Ashcan, the history of Ashcan, it's not even a good term to use for this. An Ashcan version comes from film. It means when a company puts out a film that they intend to throw away, but they have to put the film out, otherwise they lose the rights to the franchise. The uh, most popular yes. example being Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Those are ash can versions of movies. But I think it's come to take a new life of a quick version that's put out to keep the game, you know, fresh or whatever. But yeah, a more personal, raw version. There'll be limited copies. And you'll really be on the ground floor if you're playing because we're really soliciting feedback and playtesting and, and trying to expand our player base there. My home group likes it. I've got a few more people lined up to run games online. And I think we're going to do one maybe for the show. I think we're going to record a session with you, me, and a couple other special super secret guests, and then put that out as a, an extra episode or two um, sometime down the line when we have a little bit more time. I would hope so. I honestly would love that episode to be before we provide the raw version of Mothership at the convention. That way people get a feel of what it sounds like before they even come by the booth and pick it on up. <laughs> well, we'll try to make that happen. So if that's something you're interested in, write in, tweet us, or email us at com and let us know so we know what the feedback is from uh, you knights and knaves out there. The other thing going on is this coming weekend, I'm going to be in San Francisco for KublaCon. If you go, look around for me. It'd be good to see you, knave or knight or whatever. If you're a knave, I'll probably pressure you into becoming a knight right there and then. I'm going to have you take a knee and speak into the microphone. <laughs> what else do we have going on oh gen con we have our live podcast we're running out of tickets and the cool thing about the gen con live podcast it's my opportunity to give a whole bunch of stuff away it's my opportunity to cull my collection of games I've been playing throughout the year. But we also walk around and ask publishers if they want to kind of advertise on the podcast by giving away stuff. So last year we had a pretty big pile of things to give away to uh, the attendees of our podcast. This year, even bigger pile, Sean. Bigger. That's exciting. I'm pumped. What else do we have on the docket? We've got some uh, more boring stuff, but for our international customers out there, we've just signed the rights to Russian Roulette for Spain. Maldito Games is doing it in Spain. We signed Two Rooms in a Boom and Russian Roulette to China recently, and Russian Roulette's been doing really well in China with a company called 17 Wanzi. And then we've just possibly reached a distribution deal with Snakes and Lattes for some of our games in Canada. So a lot of our international customers which is a base that we've been trying to sort of support better recently, have some good news coming their way, as well as, I think, medium term, we've got plans for a Terms and a Boom 
expansion pack in a few months as well. So we're about to go into basically our crazy Kickstarter season where we're just going to start pounding away at getting a few more games out this year. So I think there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah, our podcast is at 10 o'clock at night at Gen Con, tying this into what you just said about Two Rooms and a Boom expansions. We always play games with our knaves and knights after recording the podcast. So I am bringing a whole bunch of stuff, including some Two Rooms and a Boom expansions that have yet to really be hammered out. I've got this one expansion pack I'm dying to really try, and that is where you can have a moderator role, and the moderator is a character in of itself and has abilities and win objectives. <laughs> it's pretty cool stuff. I'm excited. So excited. We're going to Shucks and XOXO Fest. We have a pretty big slate this year. We're, oh, we're going to Pack Unplugged, which we've never been to before. Yeah. Are we going as attendees? Are we going as like a... We've got a booth. Okay. Damn. So we're going. We have no idea what we're doing. None. uh, As per usual. None. But we're excited. Matt Fantastic's been telling us for years that we need to go there. Well, this is only the second year of PAX Unplugged. I think you mean he says we need to go to any PAX show. Any PAX. Yeah, I think you're right. Our con manager, Lindsay Road, is the one who booked all that for us. So (laughs) we'll see if it's a train wreck, if we need to fire her after her first gig or not. (laughs) Speaking of firing, you want to listen to some interaction satisfaction? I'm ready. Howdy. It's time for interaction satisfaction. Shoot us your emails, your comments, or your questions. We'll do our best to answer them. Here's an email. Bless you, sir. Gazoontite. Healthy boy. Here's an email written by Nate Spencer, which I thought was just a gift store. Nate Spencer asks, hey, I've been really curious. You guys talk about people getting around the gaming table together. Any advice on how to be a better game player? Sean, what do you think? Uh, Our big thing is no sandbagging at Tuesday Games, which means if you are down to play, Play the game, play hard, have fun. Don't sort of drag your heels and try to ruin it because this isn't the game or the kind of game you like. If you aren't going to enjoy a game, just sit out. Just say like, ah, that's really not my thing. I'll catch you on the next one. No big deal. But the hardest thing for a host, from my perspective, is finding a game that everyone's going to like. And it works a lot better if you just say, you know what? Not everybody's going to like this game, but I got to pick something. And it really helps if the players are like, hey. I'm going to play some that I love. I'm going to play some that I hate, but I'm going to play them all because hopefully somebody will play a game that I love someday and they won't ruin that experience for me. And so I don't want to be that for other people. So I think that's our big thing here at TKG. If you don't like a game that everyone's about to play, instead of just saying no thanks, provide a substitute. For instance, if someone says, hey, let's play Seven Wonders, instead of saying, ah, no, I fucking hate that game. Because some people may really love that game, like Sir Weenie. (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) A lot of people really love the game Seven Wonders. You could say, hey, instead of Seven Wonders, how about we play Bargain Quest or Sushi Go? These are also drafting games. So the point is, provide a game that is very similar in content to the game they are suggesting, but perhaps in your opinion better. Oh, 
You want to play Machi Koro, SBJ? Uh, how about we try just to change things up? Favor of the Pharaoh. Very similar games, but yet different enough in all the right ways. Mm. And if you get shot down, if you are going to play, consider the game, not so much the game in front of you. The game is to have as much fun as possible, enhancing the group experience as possible. So if it's really not your thing, Really double down on perhaps conversation or connectivity. Don't purposely lose the game. Don't purposely derail anything. Just have as much fun as you possibly can if you're going to do that. I think the big point that we're both saying, Sean, here is no middle ground. Either don't do it or if you do it, do it with the right attitude because nobody wants someone to say, no, all right, I'll play this, but you're not going to like it. Yeah. It's weird, too, because I think this happens. I see this on the RPG community where people are asking, I've got a player who's always killing such and such. And, you know, as the GM, I've tried to hint to him really hard that that's not the way to do it. And they're always asking for advice. But all the advice about gaming stuff socially is the same advice about what to do if somebody's being a dickhead at your house during a party. There's no magical way to solve interpersonal social issues at the gaming table that doesn't involve solving of social issues in real life. If you all went out to eat and somebody's being an asshole about where you go to eat, and then when you go there, they complain the whole time, like, that person's a dickhead. Right. You don't want to have to plan around them all the time. And that happens in family life all the time, you know? Yeah. So, like, you just, like, got to deal with it, or you got to eventually have a conversation with them and say, like, you're obviously the person who hates all the restaurants we go to, so guess what? You have to pick the restaurants we go to from now on. That's the situation. I hope that answers your question, Spencer. Maybe that's not the answer for what you were seeking, but that's the one you got, Spencer. Yeah, deal with it, Spencer. (laughs) Yeah, Spencer. Let's sandbag his email. You ready for another one, Sean? Not really, but let's do it. All right. I got a whole bunch of messages in response to the last episode where I had Nikki Schultz on. First of all, she told me about MoviePass. I now and my wife have MoviePass because... (laughs) Trying to get as much out of that before MoviePass runs out of business, because that's ridiculous. Ten bucks a month for one movie a day? That's insane. Then, she also told me about Slay the Spire. Sean, have you heard of Slay the Spire? Yes. You have? I think from Donald. But you haven't played it? No. Uh, You probably shouldn't play it. Do you know why? Because it's a roguelike deck builder card game? Sound familiar? It sounds like Dream Quest? Yes. Yes, Sean. Stay away. Is it good? Uh, does the game Quarriers come with dice? Uh, yeah. I, in my opinion, it's inferior to Dream Quest, except graphically, obviously. <laughs> sure. But it scratches that itch enough to the point where it's dangerous, for sure. The coolest thing they have on Slay the Spire is they have daily challenges where they totally create the deck for you and have different little adventures that you have to go on you compete in the world leaderboards and you only get one chance to really submit your score so your first time through is the only score that counts but anyway it's dangerous for sure and it's still in pre-release nice but one thing that listeners wrote in and asked was hey we're surprised you didn't do your annual mother's day interview and i did i just Didn't feel like I could organically put it in with my interview with Nikki because it went a little long and I didn't want to do that to Nikki, but I have no problem doing that to you. Would you like to listen to my mother segment? Let's do it. Thanks, Sean. You're such a teammate. 
So I'm here with my mother, and this is year three of Mother's Day's episode. Do you realize that? I don't remember any of them. You don't remember ever being on the podcast? You're messing with me. I am messing with you. (laughs) Do you remember what you said about games previously? Yeah, I don't play them. Do you like games? No. You still don't like games? Your opinion hasn't changed about games in the last year? No. Although we played a couple fun games with you. Over Christmas time, it was the first time that you played Two Rooms in a Boom. Yes, and I had I had a great time. You have a great relationship with Dad, yeah? Oh, yeah. But you guys don't live together. Well, but we're very happily married. We have the best of everything. Now, a lot of people may think that's pretty odd. You have separate homes. What would you say to someone who would say, why the hell do you have separate homes? Because we have so much stuff we couldn't possibly move back in together. I simply explain it this way. You've heard of separate sinks, right? They just took it to the next level and made separate houses. That way, every time you see each other, it's like a date. Yeah, and we live quite close to one another. It's wonderful. We see each other more than probably any other married couple that have been married since 1974. How often do you see Dad? Almost every day. What is a typical day like for you? You wake up in the morning. When do you wake up? The wolf wakes me up. You have a pet wolf. That's right. What's the wolf's name? Ayla. What kind of wolf is she? She's a cross between an Arctic wolf and a Mackenzie wolf, which is a gray wolf. So she's really big, has those really long white legs. So she looks like an Arctic wolf. But if you took some red or brownish red spray paint... Sprayed it on the back of her, but she wakes you up. Then what happens? I let her out, and then I have tea. I do the crosswords. I do the Sudoku. (laughs) Sometimes you're with Dad. We do the crosswords together. When you're doing Sudoku together, do you realize, oh my goodness, look at us, playing games together. That's not a game. (laughs) It's not a game? It's not a game. (laughs) It's not a game that you can solo. I also do jigsaw puzzles online, too. You do, you've do. you graduated to jigsaw puzzles? Yeah, I'm really good at them. <laughs> but you don't play games? Okay, so I play games. And you enjoy two rooms and a boom? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Have you ever thought, my son, what a disappointment, designing board games and publishing board games? Have you ever thought, what is this idiot doing with his time? You know why they call them board games? Because they're boring. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's nice, though, that Two Rooms and a Boom is a short game. If it's longer than that, then I should be doing something else. I'm very busy all the time. You may not realize this, but you've probably greatly influenced my own game design because the games that I typically design are very short, very quick to learn, because I actually imagine you thinking... What would my mom be willing to play? Pretty much nothing, but I could probably trick her into playing this. (laughs) I think you're very representative of people, probably more people than not. Most people are not board gamers. So I think a lot of people have your same mentality. Where do you think that comes from? Where do you think this apprehension for board games and games come from in general? I think it's more of the fact that I have so much to do and I'm always doing something. I don't want to spend that much time at one particular thing. It's hard for me to sit down and watch a movie. It's very hard for me. Are you trying to claim you don't do other things? You don't even have time to watch, I don't know, Downton Abbey? 
Well, that's in the evening, after the sun's down. Oh, so board games are only in the daylight. And Downton Abbey is only 50 minutes. Yeah, so are a lot of board games. That's what I'm saying. Boy, you're so busted. What else are you watching nowadays? What's so good that you can't spend the time to enjoy the company of someone sitting across from you playing even more games? What, what other show are you watching? What's the one with the lady in the time traveling that you're all into right now? Oh, Outlander. <laughs> yes, Outlander. Can you give me a one-minute elevator pitch for Outlander and why people should watch it? Go. He's hot. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who's hot? Who's the the oh. Outlander's hot? Yeah. yeah. Who's the Outlander? Is oh, he a guy that chops off other people's heads and oh, steals no, no, their no, souls? No, 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 no. It's a historical. It's actually based in history. And I love all of the... Oh, this time traveling's based in history? No, but when they go back, it's actually... The things that she goes back to have already occurred. So the story of Outlander is there's this woman and she travels back into time? Yes. Is it through a time machine? How does she travel back it's, in time? Uh, through stones in Ireland. Oh, I'm sorry, in Scotland. Scotland. So in Scotland, she just happens upon these stones and they... And she, yeah, and she gets sucked in on her honeymoon and it goes back 200 years into Scotland. Whoa, whoa, honeymoon? Meaning she's married? She was married, yes. Was married? Well, yeah. Did she get it annulled? No. Are we plot spoiling here? Yes. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no, I'm asking. I want to know. I'm the not telling you the story of Outlander. Read the book. <laughs> There's a book. Oh yeah. Well, I read the book first, and oh. actually, they're like tomes. They're they're huge books, and it's a whole series of books that uh, I think there's six by Diana Gabaldon that are very very good, and they base the series on this, and so I know what's going to happen in it because I read all the books. Is the series smutty like Fifty Shades of Grey? Oh, gosh, no. They don't have any smutty scenes? Oh, they have a few smutty scenes. Not many. <laughs> so they class it up a little bit with some historic it's very, it's references? Very, it's very, very well written. Yeah, and, and it, histor- it it is actually like the Battle of Culloden. It's accurate. She does a very, very good job. What's the Battle of Culloden? Culloden. Culloden. I hear that's in my bloodstream, and my doctor told me I need to cut down some of my gluten to get it out. I don't know, sorry. It's such a bad joke. What's Culloden? The Battle of Culloden. Culloden. What's the Battle of Culloden? <laughs> it's uh, the uh, English versus the Scotch, and they get absolutely annihilated. The Scots getting it? Yes, yeah. Is part of the appeal because you're English? Of course. That's why I watch Victoria and Downton Abbey and, yeah. Masterpiece Theater back in the day? Well, all of the masterpieces are really, really good. These are all part of Masterpiece Theaters. Sounds like between the book reading and watching the series and knowing the history and... I know where this is going. (laughs) Where is this going? Back off. (laughs) (laughs) And besides, this has got to be really boring to listen to. Well, don't worry. I'm going to edit it up and make you sound as bad as possible mom i don't i don't know how you could possibly do that (laughs) have you listened to any of the previous episodes where you were on it yes what you think i sounded bad what made you sound bad everyone loved you (laughs) well that's why you're a really hard person not to love mom thank you happy mother's day mom thank you i love you too i love you mom (laughs) Your mom and my mom have the exact same taste in TV. <laughs> like, I've bought my mom an Outlander calendar for Christmas before. Is she in love with the Outlander? I don't 
Is he called the Outlander? I have no idea. It's Outlander. And my mom just said he's hot. Obviously, I'm totally clueless as to any of this, including the history. Yeah, it's just like a fantasy series about 18th century Scotland. The main character is a Highland warrior named Jamie Fraser. But like Outlander is like a term like Highlander. If any of you listening to this know, please write us podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. Or follow us on the tweets at PlayTKG. Let's wrap it up. Okay. With that being said, this episode is... Finished! That was an impression of your mom. Don't talk about my mom, yo. (laughs) 